Chris Robinson, the Managing Director of TJM Institutional Services, joins us to talk financial markets. Chris, welcome. Good to have you here this Friday. I want to uh, first begin with the U.S. dollar and see what you credit the dollar's demise that we saw this week to uh, briefly back down below 102. We're kind of hanging out at that level right now, but I saw it down to 101.26 this week. Yeah, that was a nine-month low. Uh, three months ago, we were at 114.75. So all the people that wanted a weaker dollar and thought that it would magically make exports and everything better, uh, I think they're, they're they may be reevaluating what happened. I think part of it was you know the the whole pivot, not pivot, really. It comes right down to it. Um, and you watch the, the the we talk about this a lot, but I think you know with the ten year backing off, doesn't matter what. Uh, the people at the Fed say they can have as many meetings as they want and as many speeches as they want. But watch that 10 year. The 10 year yield has backed off. Even the two year has started to back off a little mm -hmm. bit. Back to that and 4 percent level. Into the dollar. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, a lot was said about what was going on in Japan. You know, Japan raised rates. Well, then the end's going to go up and the dollar is going to go down. So you have that 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 spread trade going on. Um, and, you know, when when markets make nine month lows, it gets people's attentions. Same thing. If you look at, you know, we talked before about the gold versus the dollar, right? Mm -hmm. Gold's more, of a, in my opinion, I'm not looking for an argument, but in my opinion, gold's really more of a currency hedge than anything else out there. I know people have their opinions about it and get very fired up about it, but, you know, to have gold go from, go up 300 bucks, people can immediately say, oh, we're up 30, we're up 20%, you know, look out here, it's, we're going to the moon. Um, I would be aware of that. I would watch that spread trade trade carefully. Now everybody and his brother, it seems like the trade du jour is they want to be long gold and short the dollar. Uh, usually when everybody starts talking about that and it ends up on the front page of the uh, business section, you, you may want to take a second look and a deep breath before you commit a lot of capital to that idea. You know, uh, uh, you mentioned the Japanese yen, and it was a very busy week in terms of currencies across the board. I'm just pull a couple charts here. I've got the dollar index yes. right now. You can see the decline we've seen off the 114.75 highs from last year. And again, the selling this week, it kind of contained, I guess, relatively, but we did see that new low. And again, we're talking back to levels we hadn't seen since uh, the spring of 2022. But taking a look here, you mentioned the Japanese yen, a busy week with the BOJ kicking off that focus on central bankers, leaving the yield cap in place and uh, we did see a bit of a run-up into that but also the euro currency I mean and I just wanted to point out I saw a number out overnight we covered the uh, UK retail sales at the top of the show Japan CPI but we didn't mention German PPI I mean down 0.4 percent we saw a decline last month down 3.9 percent but year over year still 21.6 percent I mean it came off the 28.2 percent we saw last month but a uh, German PPI you can see the euro currency firming and in theory the thought here being that while the Fed's heavy lifting has been, well, most of it done, and we can kind of fine-tune things at this point, we still have some uh, bulk uh, work to do here uh, in terms of the euro currency, in terms of the British pound. I mean, the Bank of England and the ECB are behind the curve in many ways, one could argue. Yeah, and, you know, England, uh, Europe's going to have worse inflation because of, you know, the, the nature of their economy. They're dependent on um, uh, energy prices. And what's happened quietly, very quietly, We've gone from $70 crude oil to, you know, 80, 84 this morning. I'm, I'm looking at 80, 81 half. So there, there's a there's a level up there. It's not that long. You know, if we stay above 80, 85, people are going to start squawking about $100 barrel oil again. And that's negative for Europe because uh, that, that's an immediate pass through. So uh, at the end of the day, that's something to watch. Um, also, 
You know, we never really heard whether or not we refilled the SPR down at 70. Yeah. You know, the, the U.S., we sold 180 million barrels at an average of 95 barrels, uh, $95 a barrel, which turned out to be a good thing. And these guys, had, I don't believe they've covered it. So I really hope that they don't wait till we trade 95 again to cover mm -hmm. it. You know, we were looking at price down around that 70, 75 level, and we thought yes. we'd see some support there. And you mentioned uh, that we should, and we did. I wanted to talk a little bit about crude oil and the relationship with the dollar, because normally we kind of talk about, okay, the dollar influences crude, right? That uh, inverse correlation, a higher dollar means lower crude prices. Uh, but I, it seems like we're kind of seeing an interesting dynamic right now with all the focus on energy prices in Europe this year, headed into the possibility for an energy crisis. We saw the euro currency come off, weaken, which buoyed the U.S dollar, but as crude prices started to come off, the euro currency recovered because those worst case scenarios, the worst case Putin cut off supply yes. scenarios never came to fruition. So in some ways, I sort of feel like it's not so much the dollar influencing crude, but it's more crude influencing the euro currency, which is influencing dollar. So kind of a, a bit of a disconnect in terms of that normal correlation in terms of products to watch in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. And we've had a warm, Europe has had a warmer than expected uh, winter, which mm -hmm. took some of the pressure off the, you know, the, everybody likes to put the trade on that's, you know, the world, the, what's the big trade, right? What's the going to be the earth shattering trade. And generally when the herd is in, is in deep, deep, deep belief, that's right. There's disbelief and there's belief when they're in deep belief, when they almost get religiously, yeah. uh, you're talking about, about when your taxi driver's right. talking about it and your barber uh, is yeah. talking about the trade. The, yeah. The, yeah. And that's my cautionary tale right now with the dollar at nine month okay. lows and the, and, and uh, gold rallying, you know, the time to get long gold was, you know, three months ago, right. when it held that 160 level. Now, if you're getting really aggressive, I would just say, be careful. I'm not telling you not to do, put the trade on you want to trade, but boy, make sure that you've got a, an exit strategy because when people start making emotional decisions like that, that's when they're bad. And and I, I you're, you're absolutely correct that, that crude oil, I think has really been, if you want to look at one simple driver, the other thing is too, okay, we've had a rebound in copper. People like to get all jazzed about copper because it's a pretty good indicator of what's going on in China. Well, China's recovered, excuse me, copper has recovered a little, uh, was a little bit more than half, now it's 60% of the break. Copper dropped from five cents to three cents. That, that was kind of a punch in the gut for everybody that had the inflation trade on. Now is this, you know, China reopening for better or for worse? You know, we haven't seen any stories about people getting welded into their apartment buildings anymore. So that's a positive, um, you know, and, and, and I think if that happens, what does that mean? That means there's going to be more demand for crude oil, more demand for crude oil. That makes that puts pressure on Europe. So, yeah, Europe, I think, is in a situation where they're probably going to, have to keep rates higher. The U.S. might be able to to engineer this soft landing. Right. I, I, that's uh, transitory has gone, turned into soft landing. I, I certainly hope for the country they're able to get that done um, again. But a very, very interesting thing, if you look at a lot of these markets, there's a key coming towards a key area here. The next unemployment number, February 3rd, the first Friday of the month, uh, that, that looks like it's going to be a big area for, uh, you know, the, 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 the whether or not the actual pivot's going to happen. I'm sure we'll get 15 Fed speakers talking between now and then. When that, when that number comes out, if it's not higher, right, which is kind of what the Fed wants, the Fed wants higher unemployment. If it's not higher, then I think they're going to continue to raise rates. Let's talk about that then in terms of the TNX below 3.5%. It doesn't sound like you think that's sustainable. Well, we'll have to wait and see, right? At, at the end of the day, that seems to have been the unspoken message. Uh, they, they want unemployment, you know, uh, uh, to, to, to rise, to slow down the economy.
And I know it's a, it's a bizarre thing. There's a reason they call economics the dismal science, and we're watching it happen as, as we live. Chris Robinson, the managing director, TGM Institutional Services. Uh, thanks for joining us this Friday morning. Have a good weekend.